This. This. Special report. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you cannot open a newspaper, you cannot watch the TV, you can't even log on to your Apple TV and not hear about Zika. International health officials today could declare the Zika virus a global emergency. The World Health Organization is meeting in Geneva to discuss an action plan. There are at least 31 cases in the United States. All are related to recent travel outside this country. And so as part of a new offering here on This One Heard A Bit, we're going to give you short medical updates on topics that are in the news that we think deserve a little bit more explanation. And so in this special report, we have to talk about the Zika virus. It's all through the news, and I believe that in North America, we're at the beginning of an epidemic of this virus, just as Central and South America are being really devastated by it right now. So I've got with me here Dr. Stuart Swadron, who's a professor of emergency medicine at the Keck School of Medicine. And uh, Stuart, how are you? I'm fantastic. Zika virus, it's been known about since 1947, was first discovered in Uganda when they were doing some form of testing of primates for other very similar viruses, because this is similar to, what, dengue and what else? Yellow fever was the big one back then, and they were doing all kinds of research back then. You know, yellow fever we forget was a huge worldwide issue. And so it was actually, I think, kind of by accident when they were studying the monkeys in this forest, actually Zika means forest, that was actually the Zika forest, that they came upon this virus. So it's kind of by happenstance, by happenstance. I said it like a, a person from the Midwest, he happenstance. It was kind of by happenstance that it happened. In a simple form, it is just a virus, just like these other viruses. This virus lives in primates, it lives in humans. The mosquito comes and bites you and can transfer it, therefore, to another person. That's what they call a vector. The mosquito is the vector. It's the mechanism by which the virus spreads from human or monkey to another human or monkey. But there's a couple of things that are very interesting about this. And the first thing is, of course, that this is kind of new. It, it's been known about in Africa for decades. And then it was in sort of Central America and the Caribbean. But now it seems to be exploding through lots of countries. There was just this massive outbreak in Brazil. And that's the one that now has spread all throughout South America, Central America. We've had a few dozen cases in the United States. These are people that are traveling into the United States from other countries where it's become epidemic or pandemic. And I should state for the record, because you hear this term all the time, what's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic? So an epidemic is when you've got a disease which is affecting many more people than it usually would. So it's sort of exploding in the number of people that it's uh, affecting. A pandemic is that same thing, but now it's throughout the world. And Zika is now a pandemic. It's across many countries and is about to explode here in the US. So, Stuart, all the cases so far of Zika in the United States have been imported, but I think uh, very soon we're going to start to see Zika just spread throughout the U.S. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think that's what the experts are saying. The mosquito that is the vector, I mean, there's several types of mosquitoes, several species that are capable of harboring and transmitting this Zika virus, but one of the most worrisome species that can survive in a lot of different places in the United States is the Aedes aegypti species, which is found, I know, in Hawaii. And in fact, as the climate has been warming, they've been surviving the winters as far north as DC. This is a huge issue because we know that that species is extremely successful at transmitting Zika. So one of the ways we've been protected in North America, for example, from these large-scale mosquito-borne outbreaks is the fact that mosquitoes don't necessarily like it here as much, or at least the, the type of mosquito that carries these types of virus hasn't been very common in the US and tends to have a 
die out when it's really cold. Now we've got the perfect storm of global warming and an El Nino year. The concern is that uh, these mosquitoes are going to be very active, maybe even through sort of mild uh, winters as well. So we used to consider these mosquito outbreaks as a problem in the tropics, in, in air quotes, in the tropics. But as we in North America and in other countries are becoming the tropics, it's becoming our problem. That's exactly right. Viral diseases that were considered diseases of the tropics as the planet warms are more and more creeping into temperate environments. So especially if you look at the southern United States and creeping upwards, we're seeing mosquitoes surviving the summers. You mean surviving the winters because they always survive the summers. And diseases like not just Zika, but dengue, chikungunya are real concerns that an outbreak could really get started in the United States because of these changing climate conditions. So Stuart, we've sort of jumped the gun a little bit here. What disease does this Zika virus produce in humans? Why are we even talking about it? Well, you know, it's interesting, Mel, the disease itself is really not that severe. It's really a matter of the complications as we're going to get into. The disease itself, I would describe to a medical student as dengue light. It's very much like that disease dengue fever, which causes a fever and joint pains. They just feel crummy. There's a little bit of a flu-like situation. They often get a rash. And the main difference between Zika and dengue, honestly, is that Zika is less severe. You know, dengue fever can actually kill people and make people bleed very seriously. And they can be in the hospital, the intensive care unit. That's not really what we see with Zika. So if Zika is less severe than dengue, although some people can get very, very sick from it, but most people don't. So if it's less severe than dengue, why are we obsessed with it? Why are we talking about it? What the concern is about the Zika virus is the potential for it to cause terrible life-threatening birth defects. What has brought all of this concern is that at the same time that they were having this terrible outbreak of Zika, making a lot of people a little bit sick in Brazil, we've seen a huge spike in the numbers of babies that have been born presumably to mothers that have had the Zika virus, with microcephaly. And microcephaly is this devastating neurological condition where babies are born with very small heads and very small and damaged brains. It's often fatal, but if not fatal, it's associated with very severe delayed neurological function. And what happened was in Brazil, during the big outbreak of Zika, the public health officials noticed a huge spike in the number of babies that were being born with microcephaly, 20-fold over what occurs normally. And in other populations, as many as one in 50 to one in 100 babies born had microcephaly during outbreaks. It's an association we don't know if exactly causal. But there's also other evidence that suggests that the Zika virus can actually pass through the placenta and actually has been cultured from the amniotic fluid that surrounds uh, the fetus. And so the smoking gun is that Zika is causing this outbreak of this horrible neurological condition. And this appears to occur if the mother is infected in the first trimester, that first third of pregnancy. And so that's why the CDC, I think quite reasonably, and other organizations are saying, if you are pregnant or are planning on being pregnant, do not go to one of these areas where there is a Zika outbreak because uh, this disease is horrible. And so avoid it at all costs. And the best way to avoid it is not to go to areas where the epidemic is ongoing. But that's not the only neurological disorder that Zika can produce. There is another one. It's called Guillain-Barre syndrome. This is basically a syndrome 
a condition where you start getting paralyzed. Usually it starts from the feet and the knees, goes up to the hips, and it goes all the way up your body. And it can actually be life-threatening because it can paralyze your breathing muscles. So this is a very serious condition. And it tends to happen in association with different infections. It can happen after certain bacterial and viral infections. And like you were saying, there's been a big outbreak in the past of Zika where many, many people dozens and dozens of them that had been infected with Zika started getting this paralysis disease. And that's important to know about because if they don't get to the hospital and get into a situation where they're being observed, they could actually stop breathing, get paralyzed and stop breathing. And so uh, it's very important to take any neurologic symptoms that patients are getting after an acute infection seriously because it could be Guillain-Barre. There has now been one confirmed case of Zika virus being transmitted through sexual contact. And that it's actually led the CDC to say that any woman who is pregnant should practice safe sex techniques with condoms and barrier protection throughout the entire pregnancy if her partner has been to or currently lives in a Zika-infected area. This is just how concerned the CDC is about this disorder. Now, that may be very conservative. Maybe you don't have to worry about it in the second and third trimesters. Maybe this is only something you worry about in the first trimester, but we don't know, and since we don't know, the CDC is being very conservative. This is actually the second case of sexual transmission. There was another case in 2008 under very similar circumstances to the current case, and that was a man had gone to a Zika endemic area, came back, and then infected his wife with the virus, presumably through sexual transmission and the one that just occurred in Dallas has actually been confirmed. That's how it got spread. Now, how infectious is this? Is this a really infectious sexually transmitted disease at this point? Or is it a one in a million probability that you could transmit the virus in this fashion? We don't know. So again, public health institutions across the world are saying, if you have a sexual partner who's come from an endemic area and you don't want to get infected, then you should abstain or you should at least use barrier protection for a number of weeks after that person returns or after their symptoms have abated. So what's the summary here? The WHO and health organizations across the world now believe that this is a pandemic, that this is a serious medical problem. It's, in most patients, not associated with serious illness. And in fact, 80% of people who get the virus probably don't even know they have it. It just produces a very mild syndrome. But it is the neurological complications, the microcephaly birth defects in pregnant women, and the Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is rare but a serious disease, that really makes people concerned. So this disease has moved out of Africa, it's moved into Central and South America, it's moved through the Caribbean nations, and now it's going to go into even more temperate climates like North America because of global warming, because of the El Nino year, and because this mosquito is able to survive the winters in an easier fashion. We fully expect that there will be many more cases of Zika and actually domestically acquired in the warmer months of the year, particularly in the southern parts of the United States and perhaps much further north than that. This is not a disease to get hysterical about, but if you're traveling to an endemic area, you really need to take extra precautions about getting infected, particularly if you're a young woman uh, considering getting pregnant. But even in the US at this point, we now have many diseases that we once thought were just of the tropics, that you really need to consider any mosquito potentially infectious and do all the things that we know you can do to reduce being bitten by mosquitoes. For more information, I suggest that you go to the CDC website at cdc.gov. And we'll continue to provide updates on our website, won'thurtabit.com, and provide you links as we follow this disease as it uh, develops. My name is Professor Mel Herbert. His name was Professor Stuart Swadron, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye.